Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Glory. I just heard a good prayer. <laughs> I'm going to read the prayer out of my little prayer book that says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that comes from Hebrews 11, 6. Our Father, which art in heaven, with praise on our lips and thanksgiving in our hearts, we, thy children, worship thee. From thy hand we have been fed. By thy bounty we have been clothed. And day and night under the shelter of thy love we have dwelt in safety. In the poverty of our service of thee we have freely received all things. Forgive, we beseech of thee, for all our ingratitude. Cast away all remembrance of our sins, for with sorrow do we repent of them before thee. Stir up within a compelling desire to love thee above all else, and to do in our, in our living all thy will concerning us. Grant us thy grace, that in word and thought and deed we may show that we have been with Christ and learned of him. May in some measure thy kingdom come through our living, and as, thy, and as thy name be glorified by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, make us fitted for thy service in all our days here, and bring us in thy own good time to thyself for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, will be only those things you want me to say and amen to the previous prayer and I have great expectations of seeing you operate in Jesus name amen, amen. praise the Lord hallelujah Jesus okay we are in the series of first Thessalonians and there's so much in in this in in this book it's so rich that I can't get anywhere I thought I was going to complete one and go to chapter two. I didn't even get past one verse. So the, the title is continuing from last week, The Work of Faith. And I guess that's why we can't get anywhere, because we, we're in great need of the understanding of faith so that we can walk in it, live in it, breathe it. <laughs> Amen. So, okay, 1 Thessalonians 1, and last week we had did verses 1 through 5. We did the introduction, which was our historical background, which was really good because, you know, I love to read about, which helps us to understand who we are in Christ, why we're here, and what is expected of us. Amen? Without that, you don't, you don't have a clear understanding. Just reading the Bible for the sake of reading does not equip you. It makes you aware. It does not even inform you because it, you, the motive determines what the outcome is going to be. And so if we're just reading to say, oh yeah, I read that, or I read the Bible, I read the Bible in a year, you're not accomplishing anything. We're to read the Bible to live. You know, because it applies to our lives. It's, it's not some biblical stories that we get to read and say, oh, that was nice, and reflect on. The Bible is instructions for living. 
Amen. Amen. So, okay, um, I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. <laughs> First Thessalonians 1. And because we did read and went through 1 and 5 last week, but as it reads, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we are among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word and much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. You see, how, this, this is really rich. And I don't know if you're getting anything out of it just as we're reading it. But um, there's so much stuff in here. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Now, that is so powerful, okay? <laughs> that means, in spite of what you're facing, in spite of what we're going through, first of all, but Paul was able to preach and teach the word faithfully and that you were able to receive it and follow it because God never said he was going to demolish any afflictions. <laughs> actually, what, what is really true is that when you get the Bible after receiving Jesus Christ, when you get the knowledge of the Bible and understanding of it, comes many afflictions, come many attacks. That's why as believers, our focus cannot be on the attacks as much as on Jesus Christ so that they don't take us out Amen. or take us away, take us away from whom we say we serve and love. You can not appease the world and please God. They don't walk hand in hand. So as long as our focus is on what makes me happy, I've missed it. God is not interested in your happiness. <laughs> He's interested in your joy. Because happiness can be disturbed and changed and moved. But joy lasts no matter what's going on. Amen. Okay, let's go back to five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. It's like you knew who we were before Christ. So now knowing who we are after Christ should assure you of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you know, when people who know you knew when and now see you now, if they see the power of God working in your character now, they're going to know, yes, you had an experience with the Lord Savior, and they want to know, how can I do this? Okay? If they see the change in you now, well, if they see or hear that you said you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and nothing really has changed 
and you still fit in the slot with them and what they're doing, you will never be able to win them over. Because there's, why? There's nothing new about you. you. You're still doing the same thing. And, 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 and just let me tell you this. If you can still fit in the mold and get along like with your posse and, and y'all flow after Christ like you did before Christ, something is wrong with that confession. This is from the Holy Spirit because I haven't even gotten in my notes yet. Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, I'll get into my notes. <laughs> I, I just love Paul's writings. Paul tells the church, the Thessalonian church, that his Timothy and Silas teachings of the gospel, it's about the truth that the Jews had actually heard from the Tanakh, okay? It was good news that, that and this good news is supposed to order your steps, direct your life, give meaning to life, bring correction, reproof, and spiritual doctrine. And their preaching was also a power. Why? That meant that the Holy Ghost was upon them and was speaking through them and using them. It wasn't their eloquent speech or their ability. It was the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, you know, which we don't often see, okay. And, and, and this means what? If it was the power of the Holy Ghost. Because you see, the preaching and the teaching is for the um, discipleship of believers and it's and for the uh, salvation and conviction of unbelievers to come to Christ. It's not for any other purpose. It's for the purpose and the intent unbelievers, I'm sorry, to come to Christ and for believers to grow in Christ, to grow up in the things of Christ. So if change is not happening, you're having a church experience, but you're not having a Jesus experience. That's why we have the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not present for some kind of uh, uh, superstitious event or some kind of, oh, that's so powerful. The Holy Spirit is present to work what God's word says in us. He wants to work the change in us because without the Holy Spirit, nothing would change. Why do you think that we have a deity that consists of God the Father, who is our creator, and our Lord, our Father, and God the Son, Jesus, who is our Redeemer and the, and the one who saves us from the hell that we face when we walk in this world. And then God the Holy Spirit who pulls us out of it and help us to guide and lead us in the right direction. We have everything we need in one package. So you can't just get up and talk about a slanted situation in the body of Christ. The message, the good news gospel is the message of the cross. 
and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is not the message of financial bliss. It is not the message of how you're going to be so victorious because you have stuff while your soul suffer leanness. The stuff have you. It don't, you don't have it. It has you while your soul is suffering leanness. When God promised that your soul will be delivered and free and all that you need, I will add it on to you. You, in other words, you can have, have it all. You can have all of your needs met and some of your desires when we put our focus first on Christ. So then Paul is telling the church that we come with, with a message of Christ. And that message is about the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's the gospel. And it is the gospel that was written from the very beginning. So I'm not giving you anything new, says Paul. I'm really giving you what is your heritage. Okay? But it comes with a power that it doesn't, is not our power. So it meant it wasn't done through their ability or their power, their strength, but it was done by the Holy Spirit who empowered them to speak what God wanted them to know and say. Because the Holy Spirit and he alone could give revelation to the words that was written down on paper and that they're reading. Otherwise, they're just words. Why do you think the Bible says the Pharisees and the Sadducees know the letter of the word, but not the spirit of the word? Because anybody can get up and read and, and, and read some words and some letters, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that causes those words to come alive in your heart and in your soul that brings a conviction and a change and a transformation. You've already been translated. If you hadn't been translated by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, transformation, regeneration, none of that could happen in you. But because you've been translated by the blood of Jesus Christ, now you can be translated transformed and you can be renewed and you need to come into this relationship with the expectation of being transformed and not remaining the same now what you need to understand when all we have is the letter it only inflicts legalism but when the spirit is infilled with it then we have godly wisdom and godly wisdom brings a balance you, you know, this is what we humans suffer from the most. We don't know how to balance things. We go all the way one extreme to the other. Never a happy balance. But the only way that we can have that balance and recognize that there's a need for a balance is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God is wisdom. And the Holy Spirit don't come on his own. He comes for God, and whatever God is telling him is what he is speaking to us. They, Paul is also telling them that you can follow our lead. Don't, don't just listen to what we say, but you can follow what we do. Why? Because we're only going to do just like Jesus and the Holy Spirit, what God tells us to do. Amen. So you can follow our example. See, they were not, those three apostles 
who were going around, that's why they're called apostles, starting the church. The church is started. The church has been formed. Do we need apostles? Okay, all right, okay, anyway. They were saying, you can follow our example because we follow Christ. Follow us as we follow Christ. So they were not popular preachers known for charisma, good looks, or swag. All of which cannot bring salvation, discipleship, or deliverance. Okay, you, you, you can enjoy all of that, but you better recognize where your freedom and your deliverance is coming from. Amen? It comes from the Lord. And don't let that get in the way of getting the information that you need because, see, God don't operate without his word. See, people want deliverance, they want freedom, they want all of that but they don't want to commit anything to the Lord. So they just want him to show up like some magic wand and just wipe you clean and free you without his word. No, 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 it don't happen like that. You got to get in that word. You got to listen to that word because the, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing, hearing. And, and so, and, and not heard. Hearing. Okay. And so, uh, contrary to what we see today, those apostles didn't have a personal, personal and secret lives that would leave your mouth wide open to shock when you hear about some of the things because of their infidelity, adultery, fornication, and perversion, and riotous living that says, don't do what I do, do what I say, or what I tell you to. You know, this is why our heritage among the black folks, tell your children the same thing. And, and so, they end up doing what they hear you say. Cussing like sailors. <laughs> and, and they do what they saw you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that doesn't fly. It, it, it has it has no no value to it whatsoever, and it is definitely not biblically sound. Okay, so we don't want people ministering to us that have these secret lives, where your life doesn't line up with what you present in the building that they call a gathering for church folks. Because we are the church. Okay? What you see in the pulpit is what you saw of Paul, Timothy, and Silas outside of pulpit preaching and teaching. That's a testimony. And that's how it should be. We should not be living double lives. Because the people who you want to reach won't hear you. They're not, you know, unbelievers, believers are, but unbelievers are not impressed with your pastor, their church, and all that they have. 
actually, it kind of makes them upset because they think that people are pimping other folks. Okay? See, so believers are impressed with that kind of stuff, but unbelievers are not. Because it's, you know, you're like, why should I trade off my sense of freedom to be bound by the same lifestyle? <laughs> I, can, I can do what you do and what I've been doing all along, okay? <laughs> Serving in ministry isn't a job, nor is it an extracurricular activity or a favor. It is a lifestyle that we all have to answer to God about our behavior at judgment time. So God wants to know at judgment when he comes back, what did you do with that information you received? What did you do with my truth that was given out? Who did you tell about me? How were you walking among folks that they could see me through you? That's what he's going to want to know. He, he, he's not going to be interested in who hurt your feelings. And what you didn't like because of, of the outward superficial stuff that was going on in the church that you didn't like. That, that, he is not interested in that, and that's not going to fly. So we need to be about the real business, okay? okay? Serving Jesus Christ. He, he's not concerned about the kind of lifestyle we have adapted, like what size your house is, how many cars you have, and, 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 and all of that. I think the only thing you're going to be concerned, did you live in cleanliness? Because <laughs> I believe cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> and it's going to take the Holy Spirit to change me from that. <laughs> See, contrary to man's thinking, those titles that we wear will not excuse wrong and immoral behavior. You, you know, because we like, oh, well, that's pastor. Oh, that's Bishop Tutu. It's apostle. God is not going to be impressed with that. Besides, those titles is not who people are. They say what people are to do. So how dare you to walk around with a title that states that you're supposed to be a poster, poster child for Jesus Christ and you're living like hell. So no, he's not going to excuse immoral behavior. And especially from those who operated in it and did not confess it did not ask God for forgiveness for it. Just go on. You think your title put you in heaven? Actually, it is express ticket to hell. Because you're living a deceptive lifestyle. Do you follow what I'm saying? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. God is impressed with the fact that you recognize you sin and you come to him willingly to ask for forgiveness, to forgive you. That's why he loved, loved David. And you know, David did everything, but David has sense enough to wake up when he recognized what he's doing is wrong and cry out to God to forgive him. And guess what? He didn't repent for the same thing over and over and over again. Every time he had to repent, it was a different sin. Amen? Amen. 
So we have to be humble enough to acknowledge our ways as being sinful and then confess those things to the Lord. Amen. Now, the reason that keeps keep us from really repenting and confessing is because of vanity and pride. Okay? And, and, and vanity and pride is a sin. <laughs> that, isn't that interesting? Vanity and pride keeps you from confessing certain sins that you do, and it is a sin. So you just sin in double. <laughs> you know, you, you've done something that in your mind, because of your prideful thoughts and your vain attitude, oh, there, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, you didn't confess the sin, and on top of that, you had the audacity to think that you were God to judge whether it should be sin or not. Oh, my. Oh, this is getting worse the more I talk about it. Deception is a much greater drawing card than truth. Truth don't draw in in, in, in the masses, in the Mecca. <laughs> Deception does. Just pay attention to that, okay? Now, I want to go back, back to the word Tanakh. I talked about how Paul was telling the church of Thessalonians that the message that I'm bringing, you've already heard this, and it was in, it was, it was in the Old Testament. That's what Tanakh means. It's another word for Old Testament, Okay, and those were the early scriptures that the Jews used because they were the first scriptures that were done. Now, you know, the meaning of testament means covenant. That's, that is so interesting. So everything that we do in connected with Jesus and our Father is covenant. Okay, now covenant is this. It's a binding agreement between God and man and or between man, humans, and God. So like marriage, that's, that's, that's a covenant. So it's a testament that two people have come together and joined with God in the center. This, this is why when you, you get married, you need to do it before God as a witness, not in a courthouse. So, you know, if you've done that in the courthouse, you can have your vows renewed. Amen. Okay, to, to, to fix that. But the good news is it is a covenant. A cove another covenant is when you go and sign some papers to put you in debt. And you think after, after you sign those papers, well, they're not being fair. Or they got more money than I have. No, you made a covenant. And you should have examined all of that before you made that covenant because now you are bound by that covenant. And as much as you think you can get away with, those, with the people, you can't get away with it with your Lord. So you better pray and ask him to give you some wisdom on how you can get out of debt. The Testament writings in the, in the covenant between God and man which binds us to, to this understanding, to this understanding, the covenant we have with Jesus, okay? That Jesus is the Son of God whom God raised from the dead and seated him at his right hand, okay? And, we're, and that's where Jesus intercedes for us. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Amen. 
You need to be shouting, Jesus is interceding for you. What does that mean? That Jesus is pleading your cause before the Father by just showing the, the cup of the blood. Hallelujah, Jesus. And also that when he returns, Jesus, as judge, he will rescue us from God's fury and judgment so that we will have eternal life with the Lord. This is happening at the end times. This is why, as believers, our major concern should not be about superficial outer things that will decay and be destroyed, but more about our character and soul that will be judged and sent to eternity. Amen? Amen. So we need to focus on, because you need to understand, these things I'm going to point out, we actually inherited this from our four parents, Adam and Eve from the garden, and then Cain and Abel and so on and so on, okay? So these characteristics are some natural things that we will operate in if we don't focus on Jesus Christ to get free from them. You will do it without a second thought, okay? Born again, spirit feel, we will do it without a second thought. But because you're born again, spirit feel, when you do it, God won't let you have no peace. Now you can blame that you don't have any peace on your husband, or you can blame it on your wife, or your children, but the fact is, is that you're out of order and you need to ask God what is going on, okay? And that is selfishness, pride, vanity, and ego. All of these are set up for our destruction and eternal damnation. This is why we have to really go to God and ask him, show me my heart the way you see it, Lord, because I want to be free. I want to be more like Jesus. Amen. Paul and Timothy and Silas' teaching and preaching was to be the model of how one should minister. That's what we should be following as we minister, and we all have been called to minister, not just the five-fold ministry. We all been called to minister, and most of you even uh, have the anointing of the five-fold ministry in your life. What you see in here should be that of the Holy Spirit, who is the only one that can cause and bring change to the souls of human. He's the only one. This is why we need to be mindful of our motives for why we speak or do what we do. Amen. Amen. You've heard of idle conversation, battling, babble, I'm sorry, babble. Okay, that's because you like to hear your own self speak. <laughs> Saying a uh, speaking a lot, but ain't saying nothing. <laughs> okay, be, trying to be impressive and, and 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 sound intellectual and sound important. For what? You may fool some of the people, but you don't fool God any of the times. 
okay? Why waste your energy? Why waste your time? Life is too short. Try to impress the Lord so you will have peace with you. You know, see, you can't have peace with you. Let me tell you, when you have a problem sitting at home by yourself, doing nothing, that's because you don't have no peace, no inner peace. You guys just got to be going, busy, doing all the time. You have no inner peace. And you have no inner peace because you don't like yourself. And any time that you spend most of your life trying to impress other people, you don't like who you are. Because that is not a natural habit or thing to do. Thank you. Because it's true. You got to make peace with your Savior. And you don't make peace with your Savior with activities. That should be the result of the peace that you have with him. He's not moved by acts. He's moved by the heart. And he examines the heart and he determines what's motivating you to do what you do. To say what you say. That's what he is looking at. And that's what you're going to be judged on. And guess what? It is just so simple to say, God, I fall in that category, but I no longer want to operate like that. I want to be pure and holy in your sight. And if, I, and if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to do it. Amen. I'm not going to do it to, to make other people think I'm one thing when I'm not and I'm struggling in my personal life. And I know that you can free me. I know that you will give me peace and joy beyond all understanding. So I'm putting my trust and my will and my flesh and my soul in your hand. Have your way, Lord. And watch what he'll do for you. It's far greater than any natural reward you can get on this side of heaven. Trust me. Because when you are by yourself, that's when things come up that you can't control. And if you don't know a savior, you'll lose your mind over that stuff. And you can't keep running and going and doing because it ain't that much energy in the world. And you're getting older. And your body can't function like that. So you need to learn to have peace with God. And not with man. What you should be hearing and doing should be motivated and inspired by the Holy Spirit, not by a human. Okay? Okay, um, verse 6. He says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, which is amazing right there, that they actually followed Paul and Timothy and Silas and some of those other apostles who were being persecuted and put in prison for their faith and for what they were preaching and teaching. But they actually had some people who followed them. Isn't that that awesome? Okay. So he says, and having received the word in much much affliction, they were being afflicted just like Paul were being afflicted. 
Paul was being afflicted for preaching and teaching the gospel, okay? And he was being persecuted and all of that. But they were being afflicted and ridiculed for following after him. Because that, that's what people do. Because it's motivated by an unclean spirit. It's not motivated by, by the Holy Ghost. It's motivated by an un, unclean spirit who don't want you free and delivered. Why? Because you understand why you were created who you were created for, and your life will begin to glorify Jesus Christ, and Satan don't want Jesus glorified. See, it isn't even about us. If, if, if it wasn't for Jesus, he could care less about us. We can't do nothing on our own. We are nothing without him. There's no good thing in the flesh. We are nothing without him. I need to make this clear. We are nothing without him. But with him, we can do all things, and we will glorify our Lord and Savior, and that's what Satan doesn't want to happen. He don't want you to glorify God with your heart, your mind, your voice, your gifts, your talents, with your flesh. He don't want you to glorify God like that. He wants you to be in a state that's going to cause destruction to you, keep confusion, have you flip-flopping back and forth with no peace and no joy and predicated and dependent on who comes into your life and what you have to determine whether you're going to be okay or not. No, when you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you know that you are okay and you don't have to see anything happening. You just know because you know him. That's why we have to come into the knowledge of who he is so that we are okay. Because it says that you have received much affliction with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let me tell you what that means. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Glory. Because you can be afflicted. But in that affliction, because the Holy Ghost is keeping you, you will have trust. You'll learn how to rest, and you'll wait on the Lord. Turn over to Psalms 37, and I'm going to climax with that. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, we don't have to worry about all of the stuff that's going on on the, on the sidebar. <laughs> Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Psalms 37 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Because you know how you can see people in the world that seems to be successful, thriving, and doing well? Don't be deceived. The end will be worse than the beginning. But because you know the Lord, your end will be greater than the former. Because that is a promise of the Bible, that your latter will be greater than the former. So you don't lose. Hallelujah, Jesus. He says, verse 2, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as green herb. So what are we supposed to do? Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily shall thou be fed. So when you trust in the Lord, he's promising you're going to be taken care of. You're going to have a place to stay and food to eat. Okay? Delight 
thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now that's a heart that's been changed like Christ. So he ain't going to give you somebody else's spouse. Commit. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So what you've been crying out for, seeking him in your closet for, he says, commit your way unto him. Watch him bring it to pass. Don't be so busy that when it shows up, you don't recognize you're in your due season. Because you're so busy fretting and worrying and carrying on and due season for you come and passes because you were too busy to recognize it. Now God's got to take you back to the beginning when you start requesting and asking and start all over again. And hopefully you won't miss due season again. That's why we don't reap what we need to reap when we're supposed to reap it. Because you are too busy fretting over what you don't have. Why? You serve a God who is a yes and amen God who does not change his mind. He don't flip-flop. If he said it is, it, it is. And it will be. It is so. You don't have to fret and worry whether or not he's going to do it. If you're fretting and worrying, that's because what you're asking ain't right. So commit your way unto the Lord so that he can bring it to pass. And it says, verse 6, I'll climax it with this. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Hallelujah, Jesus. In the night, in the dark, he is going to bring forth your righteousness as the light. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Get the word. Trust the word. Lean on the word. The word is the breathe out instructions from our Father. Amen. It is, it is our covenant. That's the covenant. Remember, I told you the testament, the Old Testament, the New Testament is our covenant. And guess what? The New Testament is a better covenant than the old. Because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father in heaven, we just adore you and thank you so much for who you are and who you are in our lives. That we don't have to worry and fret and fight you said they just give it to you because you care for us and the government is on your shoulder that you will take care of all of our needs and you provide all that we need. We just need to learn how to sit down somewhere quietly, shut out the world and listen to what you have to speak to our hearts because what you want to do is to give us something that will encourage us cause us to rise up and to hold on and to be steadfast in you father God I thank you that we don't have to do this on our own there's no one two three ABC it's just lean in and trust you hold on to your unchanging hand everybody else's hand changes but yours is the same hallelujah Jesus God I pray 
that your children can hear with the ear of their heart and receive and walk in the understanding and the knowledge of who you are. And for anyone who don't know you at the sound of my voice, just say after me, God, I am a sinner. I know that I'm a sinner. And I don't want to live like this any longer. So I'm giving myself over to you to be saved by the blood of Jesus, by the cross of Jesus. Because I believe you sent him to redeem me from the curse of sin and death. I gladly receive it and give myself over to you for you to have your way in my life. I thank you, Father, that I am saved. I thank you, Father, that I am free. I thank you, Father, that I am redeemed. In Jesus' name, amen.